Revelation 11:17 said, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which are and was and are to come, because you have taken to you of your great power and have reigned. And the nations were angry, and your wrath is come in the time of the dead that they should be judged, and that you should give reward to your servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear your name, small and great, and should destroy them which destroy the earth. This is the Spirit of God enabling John to see into the future, into the future beyond him, beyond us right now. This is coming. It is coming to pass. There will come a time and a day when this is happening. And uh, are you one of his? Are you one of his yes. servants? Are you one of his saints? May, you know, that's not, that doesn't have to do with your perfect life. That's what has, he has made you by the holiness of Christ. Well, he said that at this time he's going to give reward to his servants, the prophets, and to the saints. Yes. Is that you? Yes. And them that fear his name. Do you reverence and respect his name? Yes. Small and great. Well, then that's, that's all true believers are going to receive a reward. reward. Do you care about that? Yes. Are you stirred up about that? Yes. Well, I think we could be more stirred up. Go to <laughs> Revelation 22. Well, that's why I'm preaching on it, right? right. So. Faith comes by hearing. Revelation 22 and 12. This is one of the last things we hear from the Master in the written word. Specifically, he says, Behold, I come quickly. Is that true? Yes. Now, you know, Peter talked about in his writings that there are some who would say, uh, you know, he's not coming. Everything's the same as it was thousands of years ago. He's not coming. And uh, he said, no, don't, don't misunderstand that. The Lord's not slack concerning his promise to come. He's long-suffering. If he came right now, it'd be the last day for billions to make the right choice. Every day he, he waits, every year is an opportunity for more people to come in. Right? And so we don't, we don't know exactly uh, you know, when would be the perfect time for him to come, but the Father does, and he'll get it right. Yeah. Till then, we have a job to do. He said, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Why would he say that? And what should be our, should be our response? <laughs> what if the master himself was standing here right now today? And he looked at you and he said, I'm coming soon. I'm coming very soon. And I'm bringing your reward with me. <laughs> what would you say? Oh, okay. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> if the Lord of all the things he could say, he's talking about him coming back. This is a big deal. And in that, he says, and when I'm coming back, I got, I got the reward with me. <laughs> I got your reward. I got something for you here. 
<laughs> Should you be interested? He's coming. He's bringing his reward for us with him to give to every man according as his work shall be. Now, uh, when I was out of the country a while back, the Lord quickened me about this. And that's uh, why when I got home, not too long after I started ministering on this subject of receiving a full reward. This is like lesson, I think, seven or so today. So if you haven't got the previous ones, we're building on that. Go back and get it. We encourage you to. It won't cost you anything. And the Lord said this to me. He said, uh, I don't mean to hurt an audible voice, but very distinctly inside me. He said, uh, our righteousness isn't based on what we do. Our reward is, <laughs> is based on what we do. Is that what he said? Read it again. He said, I'm coming and uh, I'm coming soon, quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man equally. No. <laughs> well, some of y'all been here already in, in service. We found out equal isn't fair. Now, see, that sounds wrong to some people's ears, but it's not fair that somebody who got saved but never even went to church, never tried to do anything, never tried to help the kingdom of God or the people of God and died, went to heaven. And somebody who did give their heart and life to the Lord and were willing to sacrifice anything and everything and gave him everything for 80 years, 90 years, whatever, is it fair for those two to get the same reward? No. No. Now, they're both equally saved because that's based on what Jesus did in the righteousness of Christ. They're both equally loved. The Father loves, but to get the same reward, in that case, equal isn't fair. <clears throat> God isn't socialist, nor is he communist, nor is he democratic or republican. He's God. He gets it right. He's perfectly just and fair and right. And he's going to give to every man according as our work shall be. So what we are doing or not doing right now is affecting our reward past this life. That should motivate us. That should stir us. And it's not about everybody trying to be a preacher or a teacher. No. In fact, uh, the speaking gifts in the body of Christ is a relatively small percentage of the whole body. And yet all are supposed to uh, be doing things that benefit the kingdom of God. Go with me to Ephesians and notice this. When we first started the church in um, Branson... And Phyllis and I had never pastored before. We knew we didn't know anything about it. And I'd been, we'd been traveling in the ministry as traveling ministers for, uh, oh, I don't know, 20 plus years. But we began to seek the Lord about how to, uh, how to pastor, how the church should be set up, how it should operate. 
And the Lord brought me to this, uh, this passage in Ephesians. And uh, in verse, uh, let's see, we'll start in verse 11, talking about the ministry gifts, Ephesians 4.11, 4.11, it says, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So there is the, among that is the pastor. What are they for? What are they supposed to do? Well, we must need them or the Lord wouldn't have given. But what are they supposed to do? Huh? <laughs> well, keep reading. It's right here. The effect of these ministers, ministry gifts is to result in the perfecting of the saints. Now that we might say today development. Perfecting doesn't have the, when we hear the word perfect, we think flawless. That's not the idea of this word. Uh, he, he talks about later, unto a perfect man. That means fully developed from a baby to a full-grown adult. Perfect adulthood would be you've developed completely. And so God's will is that all babies are fed real spiritual nourishment and milk, and then as soon as they're able, get them off the bottle. Is that right? And get them on something stronger and, and enable people to grow up completely into spiritual adulthood. Millions of church-going people do not want that. <laughs> they want to be petted. They want somebody to pay attention to them, and they don't want to be responsible for anything. Uh, did, did I say something wrong? No. <laughs> uh, are we, what are we talking about? I didn't change subjects. What's our subject? What are you going to get reward for? Staying home and skipping church. No. <laughs> I mean... Uh, it's all right to play golf, but how much eternal reward are you going to get for that? It's all right to go fishing, lay on the beach. That's, that's okay, but how much reward? Huh? Well, unless you're doing something out there that affects the kingdom. Come on, can, can you see what I'm saying? Um, and everybody who begins to develop in the Lord and grow up will begin to realize the Lord is building His church. And as an adult son or daughter of God, I have a part in working with Him to accomplish that. Babies don't think about anybody except themselves. Is that right? I mean, if they're uncomfortable, they cry and they wail. They don't care if they wake you up. Never even cross their mind. Is that right? They want to be fed when? When they're hungry, no delay, right? Well, spiritual babies are the same way. They want you to notice them, pet them, do all their praying for them, spend all your time counseling them. Huh? And what do they want to do? Nothing. They don't want to work. They don't want to be on any teams. They don't want to help win anybody to the Lord. They don't want to clean the church. They don't want to give a dime. 
or a dollar. You might know what I'm talking about. But they want all your attention. <laughs> well, what if you're a baby and all you do is make demands and pull on people and you never grow up? How many understand you can be an 80-year-old spiritual infant? You don't develop just by reason of time. The scripture said as, as uh, newborn babes do that desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That means there's a lot of teaching and preaching that's not even milk. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's cotton candy. I, I don't know. but it ain't. <laughs> You know what? Cotton candy is a great big fluff of stuff. And you can eat it all and you didn't get a thing out of it, right? Except a sugar buzz or whatever. Well, you know, uh, I think all, you know, it, it'd be handy if all teaching and preaching had a spiritual nutrition label <laughs> on the uh, CD or DVD or book. Now, I don't know who'd be qualified to put that on there, but if it was accurate, you might look at the back of the CD and it would say 10% um, uh, tradition. 15% filler. Just, just. <laughs> People say, oh, no, no, mine's 100% word of God. You wish. But all of us just know in part. But you can tell something that really is anointed of the Lord because it doesn't just tickle your curiosity or feed your intellect. It feeds your spirit. It nourishes your faith and feeds your spirit. And you, you, can, you, you can tell strength has come into you from what you have heard. And if, if, if you will act on it, you'll grow up. You'll start to grow and you'll begin to develop. But as I, uh, we begin to uh, start the church there and seeking the Lord, he brought me to this passage repeatedly. And so I'd read it and then I'd read it in other translations and I realized this is what I'm to base, Phyllis and I are to base this on. Read it again. What's the purpose of the pastor and the other ministry gifts? So if what the ministries, ministers are doing is not causing the saints to grow up, it's not genuine God-ordained ministry. And, uh, you know, I'm not knocking any education, but just going to school and getting your degrees does not automatically produce ministry that causes this. Because it must be spiritual. There must be an anointing. Now, the Bible did say study. Study to show yourself approved. But that's only part of it. He said, uh, for the perfecting of the saints... And what's next? For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now several other translations read it like this, write it like this. For the developing or perfecting of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. For the overall edifying of the body of Christ. And that's what I finally saw. It's what the Lord was trying to get me to see. A handful of preachers can never do all the work of the body of Christ. It's far too big. Come on, can you see this? And what you'll see in so many churches, ministers are but hirelings. 
They are, they are hired and fired at the whim of oftentimes unspiritual. Deacons or board of trustees or whoever. No, the pastors are supposed, a church is not supposed to be just an organization or an institution. A church is supposed to be a family. A family. And the pastors are supposed to be the daddy and mama. Right? And daddy and mama are supposed to be in charge. Is that right? And uh, they're supposed to be that the older kids help take care of the younger kids. How many know in a big family, you've got to do it that way? I mean, you got 24 kids? Well, how about if you got 1,000 kids? How about if you got 10,000 kids? You've got to have the older kids help and take care of the younger kids. And so the Lord helped me to see this. He said, do not try to do all the counseling and all the visitation." And all the praying. What happens is, is you see a handful of ministers and they are worn and they are fatigued and they're not in shape to preach because they spent all night doing this and all afternoon doing this. Yes. And so I told the folks, I said, you are going to visit. <laughs> you are going to pray. You are going to counsel and share. And it got quiet just like that did right there. <laughs> Well, that's how it's supposed to be. The ministers cannot do everything. I know uh, when I first got into ministry, I thought as a, I, I knew the word minister means serve, serve to, to, to serve and service. And I thought wrongly that I was supposed to try to do anything that anybody asked me to do. If somebody wanted me to Go visit somebody. I'm supposed to do that. If somebody wanted to sit down and talk to me and counsel me, I'm supposed to do that. And I tried to do that for a couple of years. And just about, <laughs> you know, wore myself to nothing. And, 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 and I saw thing after thing where something's wrong with this. Something's wrong with this. For instance, these, these folks wanted me to go visit one of their relatives in church. And so I, I did. I showed up at the hospital. And, and uh, I... I Knocked in and stuck my head, and they said, well, who are you? And I said, well, uh, uh, your, I guess it was your sister or whatever, asked me to come by and see you. They said, I don't believe in that junk. Get out of here. And the Lord reminded me, he said, I said in James, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. If you don't have enough faith to call, and enough respect to ask yourself, you probably wouldn't receive anyway. Yes. Trying to push something off on somebody who didn't want to hear it right. is being foolish and wasting your efforts and time. Right. When you could be doing something, you could be ministering to somebody that wants it. Then I, I remember there was one afternoon this guy wanted to talk to me about something. and I said, sure. And he came to my office there. I was working at Brother Hagin's ministry. And I had a, 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 I was speaking that afternoon, and this was about, I don't know, 11 or 12 o'clock, and I was speaking at 2 o'clock, 2.30, and uh, this guy came in, and he wouldn't let me get a word in edgewise. I mean, he just talked and talked and talked and talked, and what he thought and what he felt and his experiences, this and that. And finally I realized, I mean, here it is, you know, quarter to two, and I am not in shape to minister. 
I've been letting him fill my ear with all this stuff. And I realize he doesn't want to hear what I've got to say. I don't know why he's here. But I realize I am letting the enemy rob my time. I'm letting him steal my time. And I'm getting, here I am worn out and tired when I'm, what I'm supposed to do here in a few minutes, I'm not ready to do. Because I've been doing something with somebody else that's not being led for hours that I shouldn't be. We are not supposed to do anything and everything that somebody asks us to do. And we are certainly, as ministers, not supposed to try to do all the ministry. Our main job as speaking gifts is to prepare and pray and minister the Word like we're supposed to so that everybody hearing it, they get built up so they can do. Because it's only by all the hundreds of thousands and millions of us getting active that this job can be done. It's far too big for a handful of preachers to do. Come on, can you see that or not? He said, uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work, or like I said, many, a number of translations say, so that they can do the work of the ministry, for the overall building up of the body of Christ. You know this has to be bigger than just a few preachers, because now he's talking about the entire body of Christ being edified and built up. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect, there's that word again, what does that mean? Fully developed man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lied and wait to deceive. See that's also he's talking about the, the ministry gifts. You get the right things from the ministry gifts you will learn the word of God and you won't be so easily fooled and duped by, the, by all these other things. And, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Can you see? It keeps talking about that same idea. Grow up. Grow up. Grow up. Grow up. Look at your neighbor. Help them out. Say. <laughs> grow, <laughs> grow up. Grow up. Is it possible you can be 90 years old and be a big old baby? Is it? Do you want to be a big baby your whole life? No. How much reward do babies get? Not much. <laughs> Not much. You got to develop. And you got to take a partnership in the father's business. In the family business, which is building his church and advancing his kingdom. Right? Adult sons and daughters become active participants in helping the Lord build his church. Hallelujah. Babies just cry and complain, huh? <laughs> no, speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly framed together and compacted by that which every joint supplies works to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body to the edifying or building up of itself in love. I know uh, the Lord reminded me during that time I had been to a church a few years back and they had gotten, I don't know if that they used this verse necessarily, but they had gotten the revelation that there was supposed to be a lot of active participation by the whole church body. 
and the pastor had preached on it, I guess. And, and I got there, and uh, I, uh, I was driven in a car, and, and when the door opened, there were like six people right there outside the door. One of them wanted to know, could he carry my jacket? One of them wanted to know, could he carry my Bible? Other one wanted to know, other guy opened the door. And then when I got in, there was this guy, I knew this guy kept smiling, standing over to the side. And he didn't say anything, but he kept smiling. And, and finally, you know, uh, I looked over him. He said, uh, have you been to the restroom? <laughs> no, not yet. He said, that's my department. I think you're going to like it. It's very nice. It's clean. He said, it's, it's good. <laughs> Is this important? Should we see how few people could be involved in the work of the church and the ministry or how many can be involved? Hmm? Is it supposed to be just a handful of people fatigued trying to do everything? You know, take this path. So what, what has happened uh, there in, in Branson Church is the Lord dealt with us. Uh, establish service teams. Now that's the same as ministry teams, but why didn't you use ministry? Because people get a, sometimes a goofy idea. When they hear the word ministry, it means service, to serve, service teams. And so we have, how many teams do we have, Phil? Service teams? Tongue? Somewhere around 35, 40 teams, different teams in the churches. And so uh, there's a clean team. There is a uh, parking lot team. There is a visitation team, hospitality team. Help me out, you, you guys. Huh? Yeah, you guys should know. <laughs> You're on it, right? Screen team, you know, that do the screens and TV, huh? Grounds team, usher team, children's team. You get the idea. And we've got, you know, I guess you add them all together, thousands of people on these teams. And it's just wonderful. It's, it's, it's just wonderful. And like this past week, we, we had a good meeting here. And how many know it didn't just happen automatically? There was, you, you, you saw people, right, in the parking lot team. And there were people in here every evening and day on the clean team, cleaning things up, children's team. Well, do you suppose they will have any reward yes. for this past week's meeting? Yes. You know they will. I said, you know they will. That's what the scripture said. In fact, everybody that, that worked on the team this past week, and you're in the house here, stand up if you would. Some of you are already standing up. You're running cameras and doing everything else. But look at these folks all over the place. You worked on some team. Isn't this wonderful? Isn't this wonderful? And of course, you got people standing up in, you can be seated. You got people standing up in Branson the same way. And, um, you know, we, they, we served a meal every night to the ministers that came. And so there was all kind of cooking and all kind of serving and all kind of dishwashing. Huh? Does that matter? Yes. Now, here's why it matters so much. We already touched on this in a previous lesson, but I want to go back to it this morning. Just to drive home the point. In, um, let me see, Matthew, if you would. Yes, Matthew, the 10th chapter. Praise be to God. I didn't intend to go this way today. But 
I believe it's right. <laughs> Service teams. The Lord had us uh, pray over the, the leaders and, and, uh, and we're endeavoring to practice what I just read to you in Ephesians. God gave ministry gifts for the perfecting of the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry so that the entire body of Christ might be built up. And we might grow up and develop. Well, uh, in Matthew 10, verse 40, Jesus said, He that receives you receives me, and he that receives me receives him that sent me. With the Lord, delegation is very big. Whatever you do with the one he sends, he takes personally, whether it be good or bad. He's very big on this. Remember when uh, Saul, who was persecuting the church, met Jesus on the road to Damascus? What's the first thing he said to him? Saul. Saul. Huh? Why are you persecuting my Christians? Why are you persecuting my people? No. Why are you doing this to me? And Saul said, who are you? <laughs> he did, Lord, yeah. <laughs> he knew whoever he was, he was Lord. <laughs> who are you? He, he, how can I have been persecuting you? And you remember the Lord also said this, in, in, in that you've done it unto the least of these my brethren, you did it to me, or you didn't do it to them. You didn't do it to me. And keep reading here, verse 41. He that receives a prophet... In the name of a prophet receives what? Now, so we're still talking about reward here. Prophet's reward. He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Well, now that's a, he, he's, he, he's forming a, a scope here. Uh, under the Old Testament, the prophet was like the highest level of ministry. And now, you know, we've also got apostle. But uh, uh, here he says prophet, and a lot of people might assume, well, yeah, we think the prophet's going to get a reward. But then also righteous man, that's a believer. That's somebody who's been made right by their faith in Christ. And that agrees with what we read in Revelation, right? He said prophets and then saints and everybody, small and great, will get a reward. Keep reading verse 42. And whoever will give to drink unto one of these little ones. Now this would be a babe in Christ. A cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Now if you read Mark's account, don't go there, but in Mark 9, 41, his account of this same thing. He said, if you give a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ. That's what it means in, in my name or in the name of a disciple. You're, you're not just doing it because they're thirsty. You're doing it because of whose they are. You're not just doing something for the prophet or the apostle or the teacher, evangelist or pastor because they're a pastor or because they're a good person or because you love them. That's great, but this is beyond that. You're doing this first and foremost out of honor for God himself who called them and sent them. 
Listen to another couple of translations. The Weymouth translation says it like this in verse 40. Weymouth. It says, whoever receives you receives me. Whoever receives me receives him that sent me. Everyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And it says the same thing about the next two. Because they are, it's because of whose they are. The New Living Translation says it like this. New Living Translation, if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, again, your respect is not just for the man or woman, your respect is for the one who called them and anoints them. Then you'll be given the same reward as a prophet. And that's what we were doing with feeding the ministers this, uh, this past week. Uh, we love them, we appreciate them and respect them, but it goes beyond that, yeah. right? right? We, we want to honor the Lord. Yeah. We actually had, uh, in the early days of this, the Lord prompted us to do that, and we've been doing that at Branson in the big meetings uh, ever since we began. Now we do it here in our big meetings. And uh, I know one of the first times we had a couple came, and they were older. They'd been in the ministry for 50 years, am I saying that right? And we did a couple of nice things for them. And they came to the banquet and they served them like a, I don't know, four or five course meal. and Treated them nice. And they said in all their 50 years of ministry, nobody had ever done that for them. And they had never received <coughs> baskets like that. Well, is that a big deal? Should it, yes. should it be done? Yes. yes. Not just to make a big deal out of a man or a woman. But why do we do it? Because of whose they are. Come on, is anybody with me or not? Because of who they belong to. Because who called them? And who sent them? Who chose them? Who anointed them? We're honoring him by honoring them. And you can't separate the two. And then one, uh, we had a couple, uh, help me out with that. It was their 50th year wedding anniversary, I believe it was. And so we gave them some nice roses and some things, and, and they said a similar thing, I guess, that they hadn't experienced that before. And then he went to home to be with the Lord like the next week. Or soon. Huh? Yeah, just a few weeks. Not long, not long. So it was, a, it was a, we didn't know it, they didn't know it, it was a last opportunity to do. And you know, you don't have these opportunities, like this week, and like with these folks that have come in, many of them from other countries, and, and you don't have these opportunities always. When you have them, you need to do something about it. When the Lord prompts you, He knows what times you will have and what you won't have. And so you've got to watch about putting off indefinitely doing things for people because you can miss your opportunities. Hmm? What am I talking about this morning? Did, you didn't forget, did you? Come on, help me out. Reward. 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 He said in the New Living Translation, if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you'll be given the same reward as a prophet. If you receive a right, righteous people because of their righteousness, and that's them being made righteous, you'll be given a reward like theirs. If you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you'll be surely, uh, you will surely be rewarded. Do you believe this, saints? Others say you will share in that same reward. And uh, before I taught on this a few weeks ago, the prophet's reward, I uh, 
I saw that and I knew that was right technically in the text, but I thought, Lord, I don't want to emphasize it wrongly. Should I say it just like that? You'll get the prophet's reward. Is that exactly how to say it? And the Lord said to me, he said, well, can you do what you're doing without all the help you have? I said, no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. He said, well, if you couldn't do it without their help, there would be no accomplishment for a reward. So if they helped you to do it, every partner of yours, everybody that's sown a dollar or a dime, everybody that's worked, if, if it takes their help to make it happen, it's only fair that they share in the same reward. So if, if you really understood and believed this, nobody would just come to church and sit and go home and that's the end of it. If you believe this, when they said, we need some folks for this, we need some folks for this, you'd be first in line. You'd be right there. Okay, why? Because I'm going to get the same reward. Right? And if people get up and go to the altar, I get part of that reward. If people get healed, if people get their answer, if people get delivered, I'm going to get part of that reward. Is it going to be big? Is it going to be good? You heard last week, we, we read about how Jesus said, uh, he, gave, he gave the example of people ruling over five cities and over ten cities in the coming kingdom. This is not hype. This is not fantasy. The kingdom of God is going to eclipse everything. There will no longer be a kingdom of the United States or any other kingdom. It will only be the kingdom of God forever and ever and you and I are being groomed and trained right now to rule and reign with him. Revelation said he has made us kings and priests to our God and we shall rule and reign with him forever. Do you believe it or not? Well, what will you rule over? He didn't say everybody would rule over the same thing. You know, and people imagine that uh, heaven and our, Jesus said, uh, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And uh, if you look that up, uh, the words are, are impressive and significant. He said, I'm, I'm going to prepare an abode for you. Uh, one man I heard some years ago, he was a strong believer. Something happened, he was up on top of a balcony. And the rail, something happened to it, and he fell off. And he hit his head on the, on the cement down below. And while they were trying to get people to him, he died. In fact, they lost him for quite a while. But then they did get him back. And he and back and forth until finally they, he came back. They got him awake. And when they did, he said he had gone to see the Lord. <laughs> and he said the Lord showed him his place. That they were working on. Did you know they're working on your place? Amen. Today. Amen. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He said, I had real estate. He said, it wasn't, you know, wasn't some little cookie cutter McMansion. People have the idea, you know, they're all probably, you know, little white block buildings with a few columns in the front, you know. And everybody, we've already established equal isn't fair. Huh? He said, man, I had a valley, 
I had water. I had a lake behind it. There was a mountain behind it. He said, I was standing there with my eyes open. I'm thinking, that's what I always liked. That's what I always liked. That's what I always wanted. That's what I always, and I didn't know I wanted that, but oh, yeah. (laughs) Now I do. He said, the Lord said this to him. He said, he, he wanted to just tell the Lord, thank you. And he said, the Lord said, I know what each of my children like. And I custom build their abodes for them. Hallelujah. When I heard that, I went back and looked up that verse, and that's the word, abode, dwelling place. He's preparing, not just an efficiency apartment for you. <laughs> and and the word, that word abode, we get, one of our English words we get from it is manor. A manor is a landed estate. I'm sure there will be a lot of variants, but I'm also sure of this, you will not be disappointed. But it's connected to what you did down here. People say, oh, I don't care if I can just make it in. You know, I say, well, you say that now, right? <laughs> no, you, how many believe you should do all you can to further the kingdom of God? You should use your time, your talents, your treasure, everything you have, everything you are to help build the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm that. The church is made up of people, right? To help do that, which benefits people. Get this gospel preached all around the world. Not not religious tradition preached. The gospel, the anointed word of God that sets men and women free. How many want to be a part of that? And you must not just say, well, one of these days, when I finish my education, when we get the kids raised, when we, you know, when we do this, when we, when we do that, no, no, no. Seek ye first. What? The kingdom of God. The kingdom is the, the, the area and the people the king reigns over. Who are the kings he, the king of kings, is king of? Who are the lords? The Lord of lords is Lord of. Look around. I said, look around. It's us. You are. You've been ordained, predestined to be a king and a priest. You're being groomed right now. Everything you and I are learning about the authority of his name, about righteousness and and evil, about faith and about the ways of God, all of that we take with us into the next life. Hallelujah. And the Bible said concerning those who die before his return in these things, it says they rest from their labors. Anybody know the rest of that verse? And their works do follow them. Somebody said you can't take it with you. Not entirely true. <laughs> you, you can't take your material possessions you wouldn't want to. When you see your stuff in heaven, you'd throw rocks at this stuff down here. You think, no. Your good stuff is over there. But the things, we, we read this already in 1 Corinthians, whatever man builds, it, the, the day will try it and fire will try it, whether it is uh, precious stones, silver, gold, precious jewels, or whether it is wood, hay, and stubble. 
if it was just built of flesh and out of people's own minds, when it's judged, it'll be consumed. And I don't care if you worked on it all your life. I don't care if it was a hundred billion dollar project. If the Lord wasn't in it, poof. <laughs> it's gone. No reward. Nobody will care. Nobody will remember. But if it was something the Lord directed you to do and you did it because you love him and you love people and you love faith, even if it's a cup of water. There's a reason why Jesus said that. Even the smallest thing takes on eternal significance when you do it by the direction of the Spirit and with a heart of faith and love. It takes on eternal kingdom significance. I'm telling you, waving a flashlight or a, a, a marker out there in the uh, parking lot has kingdom significance. Pushing a broom or a vacuum cleaner in here. Is that right? If you're doing it because you love God, nobody makes you do it. You're doing it because you love the people of God. You want it to be nice for the meeting. It has eternal significance, kingdom significance, and there's reward. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Because you belong to him. The Lord said you do things even when you put up with things. For his sake, he says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Anybody besides me stirred up about, about your reward? Huh? What's it based on? Come on, help me out. How does things start? The Lord told me. He said, your righteousness isn't based on what you do. Your reward is. Your reward is. So stand up with me.